This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. It's always game day in Cleveland, brought to you locally by Smiley One Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Um, what is the offense going to look like with Deshaun Watson now? And who is the biggest beneficiary? Uh, beneficiary is probably the right word to Deshaun Watson coming onto the offense. Yeah, and by the way, Daryl, I mean this offense was the number four offense in the NFL with Jacoby Brissett. Are they going to exceed into the top three because of Deshaun Watson coming in? I have a feeling that if things don't look perfect against Houston, which is a team where they might be able to have more uh, more success against than some other teams, um, but if they don't look perfect, people are going to be like, well, wait a minute, uh, didn't Jacoby Brissett just help us win this? Which is ir- irrational when you look at the big picture of what's going on. But my point is I'm sure we're going to get the, why isn't Jacoby playing on Sunday if Deshaun looks rusty? And by the way, if he looks rusty, I, you shouldn't be surprised. Well, I, I expect that he's going to look rusty, but thank God they're playing the Texans because the Texans absolutely suck. <laughs> they are one and 31 Browns bad. Okay. That, that's where the Houston Texans are right now. So this is like the perfect game aside from the fact that Deshaun used to play for Houston. That's the bad part, right. but, it, but I'm uh, just strictly between the white lines. The Texans are like the perfect team to play. Uh, they're especially terrible in the first half. The Browns are really good starting strong. Right. So, they should be able to hopefully jump out in front early and then just step on their neck and break it. That's what that's what I'm expecting on Sunday from uh, the Browns offensively. And yeah, I, I I'm also expecting Sean's gonna have some mistakes, some bad reads, whatever. Uh, but he's not gonna get burned by it because again, he's playing the Texans who stink and are gonna have the number one pick in the draft. And uh, I don't want to say that they're tanking. But they're tanking uh, in Houston to get that number one pick. And depending uh, how the Browns finish, they could potentially have two top 10 picks uh, in this upcoming draft. So, um, you know, this is all part similar to what the Browns did between 2016, 2017, 2018, where the Browns were in draft asset acquisition mode. The, the product on the field, the, you know, the pain and suffering fans had to endure was the price to pay to get a couple of number one overall picks. One of those has paid massive dividends for the franchise in Miles Garrett. Uh, The other one is uh, one of two sins committed by the general manager uh, that was in charge of one of those drafts in uh, uh, John Dorsey, who took Baker Mayfield over Josh Allen. And had he taken Josh Allen, there's no guarantee that Josh Allen would have been successful here because just of the, the environment here. And, uh, you know, the way things had run for the Browns and how many quarterbacks, uh, young quarterbacks, they had ruined all uh, over those years, too. So 
uh, it, it's easy to, to look back in hindsight and say, yeah, they should have taken Josh Allen over Baker Mayfield because Allen's an MVP candidate and Mayfield's riding pine uh, in Carolina with the Panthers. But, um, you know, Watson now washes all that clean, right? And uh, he now is the, 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 the franchise quarterback that's going to elevate and make everybody better. Um, as far as who benefits or the chief beneficiary, I don't think that there's one single player, uh, to be honest with you, Andy, uh, because the offense ran pretty good with Jacoby Brissett. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brissett did a really good job. There, there, wasn't ma- there weren't many problems with ball placement and things like that. But the difference is going to be in the elite level of play, in my view. You know, the, the, the pinpoint accuracy, which, let's be honest about, Jacoby Brissett does not have. He, he can throw it, but... I think with maybe Deshaun Watson, uh, I'll go back to the Bills game, okay? Those two touchdowns, uh, those could have been touchdowns, right? Uh, One to Farrell Brown, one to Harrison Bryant. Uh, Both, I guess you could say, technically dropped. One of the throws was a hair high, and I am being very, very critical when I say a hair high. Like, I, I I am nitpicking there. The throw was fine from Jacoby, but maybe... With Deshaun Watson, that throw really pinpoint accuracy, and you don't have to make a spectacular catch, if you will, even though the ball that he threw was completely catchable. Um, I think that's probably going to be the difference. And and I had mentioned about the rollouts and tucking and running and being able to maybe have some of those plays be more explosive than they were with Jacoby, who, God love him, when he runs, it looks like he's in slow motion, right? <laughs> Some of those runs he had Sunday against the Buccaneers, it was like I was watching it in slow motion with Jacoby. I mean, he had linebackers and safeties chasing him down in the blink of an eye because they're like, oh, Jacoby's about to run for like 25 yards. And it's the Johnny Manziel thing. Uh, when I, when I uh, would watch Johnny, right, versus college, mm-hmm. Johnny was outrunning people. But then in the NFL, Johnny wasn't outrunning anybody. He, he, he looks slow as molasses. So I think that's going to be really the major difference. I don't think plays are going to look schematically all that much different because I, I kind of really felt like Kevin Stefanski was calling Brown's offense regardless of the quarterback. Yeah, I, I, I see this as a win all the way around for everybody on the offense. Like the only my concern is just the offensive line getting used to him. And maybe perhaps we'd see a couple more holding calls or maybe because they're not sure of what's going on behind them. But otherwise, I, I just I, like if I'm Nick Chubb, I'm excited that Deshaun Watson's on the field because now defenses can't just sit there and go, well, it Chubb's back there. He's going to run the ball because it doesn't necessarily have to go that way when you have a quarterback that can run and can crush you by running. Right. So I think that's going to be it's going to be huge for him. It's going to be huge for Kareem. I also think for the wide receivers, it's going to give them the opportunity to, um, you know, you you talked about the accuracy, how that changes. I, I You know, it'll give them, if they can find some freedom in the getting into the defensive secondary, there's an opportunity he may be able to find them. But I'm also guarding against the fact, just like I would guard against the fact that the offensive line may pick up a few more holding calls here. Hey, don't be surprised <laughs> if there's a couple more interceptions that we'll see yeah. too because they might take some more chances and and do that and maybe that's what this next six games is all about taking chances getting him back into rhythm and trying to execute what you can i think it's it's a bizarre situation that we've never seen before where 
we've had the, you know, arguably the guy who's supposed to be the star of the team suspended for 11 games and setting back the, you know, setting back an entire season. And I just keep, I'm haunted by the fact uh, at the end of the Bills game that um, Miles was sitting at the end of the bench by himself. And I kept wondering and thinking what a wasted season, what a lost season in his career, all of those things. And then you get into the point where you win on Sunday and now all of a sudden, and I've done it. I mean, I've looked at 538.com where you can go through scenarios of who wins, who loses, who ties, things like that. And if the Browns can pick up two wins, now you pick up some momentum to maybe having a future this year. And But again, it, those two wins would include winning this week and against Cincinnati. So I, I think that's a big part of it. I, I'm, I think I'm most optimistic about the thought of Deshaun Watson playing against the three AFC North teams, because that's, again, going to be a prelude to what we'll see down the road. And, you know, he's not, he, he'll know what he's going to face against these teams twice a year by getting a taste of it this year with three of those games here in, in the last six. And I do think it's interesting. There's only two home games and I really think it's interesting. The NFL buried this week's game at one o'clock because I don't think they want a whole lot of publicity on it. Yeah. I, um, I, I would, they're going to get it. Yeah. They, they went two and one with Jacoby Brissett against the AFC North. That's a positive. True. And, this is this season is wasted not because of this, as it turns out not because of the suspension of the Jacoby Brissett was starting. This season is wasted because the defense sucked and the special teams sucked. That that that's why this season feels like a waste. And I'm not doing whatever it is you wasted your time doing until they like win three or four in a row. And what get do you mean wasted my time? Yeah, exactly. Pumping the brakes is that what you're saying? No, no, no. no. You know, you're, you're going through all these scenarios, but it's not that crazy of a scenario. I'm looking it's at two crazy games. Ass scenario. They got eight. It's not in front of them. They beat Cincinnati with Jacoby Brissett. If they and again, I'm not. I'm talking about pumping the brakes. I want to see what he looks like this week. Before I'm not talking about anything after week 17, but things don't look as doom and gloom as they did. Before Sunday's game, do I have to break? It felt like everything was over again. Hmm? Say <laughs> do that again. Break, do I have to break out the history of the winning streaks again? Just no, I get it. I know we talked about this that, but I do think I'm capable of winning streaks. Daryl, there's nothing worse than watching a team that you know their season's over. It's the worst, it really and we've done this too many times. But you know what? Yesterday, you know, Sunday's game was fun. Is we 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 record this on a Monday afternoon? Sunday's game was fun. I, right. I, yeah, Brown season's dead. It's over. Whatever. But I mean, David Njoku made a spectacular catch. They what was once an insurmountable lead for the Browns, they were able to tie and win and beat Tom Brady in overtime. Like that was a fun game, and I think that that's kind of what fans, you know, fans have learned how to watch Browns football when the season is shot. Right. And, and right. so you can enjoy individual games or individual moments and stuff like that. And look, I mean, the expectation, maybe not this year, but next year is that Deshaun Watson's going to change all of this stuff. The right, Let's talk more about that in a second, Daryl. Hang on, because I want to get into that here in a minute. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast.